Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. All right. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning. Did you have a great Valentine's Day? Yes, we did. I was in the snow in the morning in New York and got to the beautiful (laughs) sunshine in Myrtle Beach by the afternoon in time for Javier's birthday. And we had dinner um, at the on the intercoastal waterway. Can't complain. Well, that was good. I saw the pictures you posted, so oh, that was okay. good. I did did not realize that you had a Valentine's Day baby on your hands. I do, I do. He was made with love. That's what his mother tells Everybody me. on the text line says, from this day forward, he will now be named Cupid. Cupid. <laughs> Actually, his <laughs> well, mom he is, is. Yes, he is. He did. He definitely struck my heart. So, um, and his mom is in Mexico, and so are you. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Got are you away vacation? with David for a few days. Yes, yes. This is. This is a trip that David and I take every year. One, I my husband would be very angry if I didn't go on. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we get away, and it is it's it's beautiful. Where, I mean, where uh, are you in Mexico? Nice. Los Cabos. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah, All right. yeah. Well, I'm but, I'm very mad at you for calling in during your vacation what? with your husband. Oh, <laughs> it is it is okay, and you know it's it's. It's funny because I put on my social media trying to get people from all over the state to tune in. I I used to do a, a great talk radio show right after yours. I would hang up and call in, and and they're no longer on the air. So I'm trying to tell everybody what? that used to listen to me. Yeah, Joey Hudson on 94.5 uh, up in Greenville. Their station was bought out, and now they don't have any more conservative talk radio on. What? And so everybody, yeah, everybody tells me all the time. They're like, we miss hearing you on Thursday. And so... I um, put a big post out on my social media that said, well, then listen to me on Liz Calloway. Just tune in. Here's how you hear. Unbelievable. And thanks for taking me, too. That is super, super sweet of you. They always Uh, always forget about poor Nick, trust me. (laughs) I do not. I do not. And even first when we were all three together. I can't believe that that's happened. I know, you know, it, I, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard for radio stations. It's hard, like with, with good news publications, all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it gets really expensive to get mm-hmm. on the air. And, and Joey Hudson was great. And Mike Gallagher used to be on there. So, um, so the upstate's really lacking now. So maybe we can get them all excited about tuning in and listening to wow. you guys in the morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, um, I, I am happy to hear that uh, our governor, Henry McMaster, signed in a Pension Protection Act. Maybe explain this um, to everyone because a lot of people don't realize what's going on with ESG. Yeah, so, you know, ESG is something that's been talked about uh, an awful lot and. Um, like the mom and pop alliance, they've really brought a lot of light to it. And what ESG is, um, is when somebody looks to include or exclude um, a company uh, based on how they, how woke they are. Let's just put it out there, just how woke they are, right? Are they getting involved in Green New Deal issues? Are they um, coming up with, you know, you have to promote because of, anything other than you're the best person for the job. And so ESG has gotten a lot of attention uh, here in South Carolina. We wanted to really focus. You see, you see it happening in all different kinds of companies, but it's really been targeted uh, in our Wall Street stock market. So there are funds 
that are ESG funds that, you know, only put um, companies in it that follow certain criteria. And what we want to do is say, no, I don't, if, if you're investing our funds, you know, places like BlackRock and other investors like that, if you have funds out there, we don't care if they're ESG funds. Uh, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for funds that get the best return, kind of like when you're looking for an employee, right? You should just want the best employee. It doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if they're black or white. It should be the best person for the job. And um, and so we put that into law that our pension fund and its investors uh, cannot say, I need 10% ESG if if they were found to have funds like that and they're not producing and and uh, they're ranking funds based on that and not just on what are the best funds to get the return we need, then um, it could be looked into and we are just putting, once again, more barriers in place to try to stop this crazy woke agenda that's just being pushed down everybody's throat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of people don't realize what goes on, you know, and, uh, you know, we're just looking at the numbers on our pension, but it's good to know that people are looking at that. And we did hear that the company BlackRock, I think they were going to rename ESG, (laughs) you know, because they said it's getting a lot of bad press and bad connotation. Well, and I think that's just it. You know, when we talk about school choice, and you and I talk about that a lot over the last, you know, six years. You know, I I keep going back to the fact that, you know, with all these crazy liberal agendas, once every, once it spins up enough that people realize where they are, they just rename it Mm -hmm. or they hide it or they spin it a little bit different. And so it feels like we're, like we're always chasing, we're like a hamster on a wheel, right? We're always chasing it. But what I keep saying is, is, is when we worry about, um, DEI, right? In our school. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't like what's being taught. And we don't like that teachers or maybe administrations are, are giving their opinion to our children on issues that we believe they shouldn't. You know, we spend so much time at the state house trying to write laws, craft laws, argue, debate, put it through subcommittee, do all these things. By the time we get it through, they're just calling it something else or moving on. But if we had full school choice where parents, could look at what is being taught and say, okay, you you are crossing a line. I'm taking my child with their money, and I'm putting them over here because I don't want any part of this. Mm-hmm. It would solve so many problems because yeah. when you give people the power to direct their own lives, mm-hmm. you, you really stop putting government in its place. And I hear all the time, we don't want big government. We don't want government in our lives. Well, then, unfortunately, we have to be responsible in our lives. You know, Let's give control to people. I have to tell you, Lieutenant Governor, I, I, I am a member of the Hofstra University Radio Alumni. And because mm-hmm. um, I was, you know, communications major and that's in uh, on Long Island. And they, um, you know, I get all sorts of alerts from the college and it has become so liberal. I mean, a very well-known university, but pff, I couldn't believe it. A job opened up. A job opened up at the university for, um, in my field, uh, associate professor of radio podcasting and audio storytelling. So I got an alert for it. Of course, I read it. It says here, I, I just couldn't believe it. The special instructions says, we want a cover letter. 
We want your, you know, your resume and a teaching statement, including evidence of effectiveness as a, as a teacher, right? But, and your approach to creating an inclusive learning environment and a statement on how you will continue to contribute to diversity, equity, and inclusion within the department, describing your plan to address DEI in your teaching, mentorship, scholarship, and service. <laughs> yeah, I would, have, Lord. I would have dumped that right away. I, I was like, you know, I want to apply to that and write an essay on how DEI makes zero sense. You know, like, and and here's the thing. I probably wouldn't get hired because they'll look at my social media and be like, oh, no, we don't want her kind here. And they'd scratch me off. And I would say, and that's diversity for you? Wouldn't diversity mean people that don't agree with you? Like, th- this is the thing that really agitated me. Uh, and, and this is what's going on in university. Well, you know, let's face it, these are the kind of things that are going on all over. Yes. But we need to go back. You know, my, my, my hashtag that I love so much that I, I use all the time uh, is hashtag facts, not feelings, right? Because feelings are something you can't argue with people about, right? Because your feelings may be different than my feelings, and your feelings aren't wrong to you. But facts, you can never argue with facts. Well, you can, but I mean, just stick with facts. If everybody would go back to, if you had to have surgery on your child, do you want the best doctor or do you want a doctor that fits a criteria, right? Like when, when, when kids, people, no, not kids anymore, kids to me, I'm getting older, are going into a medical school, I want them to turn out the best doctors that you could be, right? Because they're putting all of our loved ones' lives in their hands. I just, I want there to be you know, opportunity for everybody. I want it to be equal for everybody at the start line. But who gets to the finish line quickest? That all depends on how hard you work. And we're taking that piece of the equation out. And we see that. Businesses see it every day in the quality of employees that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because, because there's no incentive. Like my, okay, my daughter, Amanda. Again, my kids love when I talk about them. <laughs> when she she was real quiet and she 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 really wasn't super competitive. But I'll tell you, on awards day at the last day of school, if she didn't get an award, she was crushed. And I'll tell you, that made her work harder the next year. Mm-hmm. It didn't make her feel like a failure. It was like, oh, well, maybe I should have put a little bit more time into my book report. Maybe I should have taken some extra care and read over my paper twice. Like maybe I would have gotten the writing award or whatever award right. they were giving away. But it made her better the next year. And I could see her drive continue to go up, right? So one year of disappointment for her in like sixth grade or something, now she's graduating law school and she's on the dean's list because it gives you incentive, right? And I was, I was out in Ridgeland and an employee asked me, um, and he said, you know, you were talking about, you know, businesses want to come here. Why are we a white-to-work state still? This is he's asking me mm-hmm. about unions. Because let me tell you, everybody, unions are trying their hardest to get into the state. And I said, well, I can tell you from my perspective, my father was entrenched. He wasn't in a union, but he was in an industry, the auto industry, that was entrenched with unions. Mm-hmm. 
And he always told us, and I believe this to be true today, unions only protect the lazy people. Hmm. Because, and I tried to explain to him, if, if Bob working next to you isn't working as hard as you, you really, your, your employer is handcuffed. He can't give you more money for doing better. He can't get rid of Bob because you got to go through so many hoops. The union protects well, them. Hey, listen, we know what happens in, in the schools, you know, in the union districts up in New York, I can speak from. Um, you know, as soon as they hit tenure, that's it. They're in there forever. I mean, you literally have to do something like horrifically criminal. I mean, you can be the, the worst teacher ever. That it, that will not get you fired. And that's what yeah. what you're alluding to. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there was a time and a place for unions because, you know, there, there Absolutely. was. And also, like, Absolutely. sometimes, you know, police and fire, you know, workers and paramedics and, you know, they, they, they don't, they need someone to advocate for them um, in many cases. Uh, but I, I, I understand the, the argument on both sides because I come from a union family. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad would have never been able to put two kids through college had he not had someone um, fighting for the salary that they, they had and the benefits they had to protect his family, you know. But, you know, I, can, I see the arguments on both sides. But when it boils down to it, now that I live here, my understanding of it is, you know, do we really— there's so much competition out there. If you want to keep good workers, you know, you treat them right. You're going to, you're going to get the best, the cream of the crop. And you're, you know, that just makes everyone grow. But, um, and Liz, you, you you hit it right on the head. You hit it right on the head. A thriving economy solves Mm -hmm. so many problems because if you and I both own businesses and I treat you, I treat my employees terrible. Guess what? They're all coming to you because there are jobs and opportunity. And if you're paying somebody, you know, $15 an hour and I need them, I'm going to have to either give them better benefits or I'm going to have to pay them fifteen fifty. And so wages will organically grow up, uh, go up as everything is, as we're all competing in a market. So if, if you want to really solve a lot of problems that unions solve in yours, just keep the economy thriving. But, but when unions walk off, right, and, and, and kids are left at home and parents are in disarray, or jobs aren't being done. I mean, that is not the way. Because it impacts everybody. And let me tell you, those union heads, they are making money off the backs oh, of those I hardworking know. people. Cats, boy. There's something oh, yeah. else, those union. <laughs> I know. I know it. I see them. Um, before we go, Lieutenant Governor, uh, tell us about this, this um, South Carolina State Senate uh, approving a bill that would allow doctors in the state to prescribe marijuana, cannabis, to be used in the treatment of certain debilitating diseases. It's called the Compassionate Care Act. It had final approval yesterday. It now goes to the um, House of Representatives. Now this bill died uh, a couple of years ago, so now here we are again. What Uh is your take on it? So, yes, it did pass out of the Senate. It'll now go to the House. Not sure what subcommittee it's going to. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure it has the votes in the House to pass. So, um, you know, the governor has always said he has a lot of compassion. uh, And we've heard some compelling testimony, right, from people that are suffering. Heck, my dad had cancer. I would have done anything to get him out of pain. I understand all that. Um, but there are a lot of questions that have yet to be answered. 
Uh, how do we protect businesses? How, how do we te- protect businesses? How do we make sure that once the genie's out of the bottle, um, it doesn't kind of organically expand on its own and we don't have control over it, right? Um, I'm not quite sure how we know what we're really giving somebody. And this is something um, that I've been asking questions about for years with it not having federal approval. How do we know, how do we know what somebody's literally taking? How much THC it has in it? Like who's regulating that, right? Because the, the FDA is not because it's, it's an illegal substance at a federal level. So I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. First and foremost, I hate hearing the argument, well, this will bring revenue We'll tax it. It'll bring revenue into the state because uh, other lieutenant governors that have it legalized m- medically or recreationally in their state, either one will tell you that it never yields the revenue that they tell you it's going to. Um, and then when you co- you know add on kind of the uh, the societal implications that it brings on, uh, it definitely makes no money. So saying well make it, tax it, it'll pay for itself, blah, blah, blah. They'll tell you that they will wish that they'd never passed. Because mm-hmm. it does, it creates a lot of issues. And, and again, I'm very sympathetic. I had a father there. It's just, how, how do we make sure that just this doesn't become another huge problem that's impacting society that is going to just, push us further and further back, right? Or do, and I know if you have... Cue the potheads on our text line right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I, I like you said, uh, you've seen, you have family members that you've seen suffer so greatly from uh, pain. And if you could do anything, if that worked, then you would do it. Um I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but we. I do agree. You need to have safeguards in it. I'm interested to see what those safeguards are. You know, so exactly. So we'll see what that bill would look like. It, you know, if, if it gets through the house, it's got to go to the house. It's got to get into subcommittee. And it wasn't a very, you know, it wasn't. A, there was a lot of people to vote against it in the Senate. I mean, it won, but it wasn't like some unanimous. You know, the Senate concurred that this would be a good thing. There was still a lot of senators who were like, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is a good thing. You know, this, we may be letting a genie out of the bottle that we'll never be able to get mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. And are we going to create more problems? So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to, still a lot to learn from what's being said. And we'll see what happens in the house and how they change that around if it gets out of subcommittee. All right. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Enjoy your time with your husband and your Valentine holiday. Say hi. And uh, we'll talk to I you next will. week. Well, and let's remember, voting, early voting has begun. Let's get out there and start voting. Absolutely. We talked about that last hour, and um, there are many places that you can vote early. Just go to scvotes.org to find your location. Thank you so much, uh, Lieutenant Governor. We'll talk to you next week.